Hey, Carol. Hey, Monica. You think uh, Christmas would feel the same if it were blue? Oh, I mean, yes, no, no. I mean, historically, right? No, no but it's supposed to be red. Is it though? Because you know, like some, I mean, modern Christmas to force people to buy new ornaments every year changes like the color, right? <sighs> yeah. But traditional Christmas, red and green. Traditional red and green for sure. Yeah, there was a little while where like uh, blue was in for a little bit, but it kind of faded away. Yeah, you know, I would say too that uh, in the because I grew up in a in a church environment, mm-hmm. you know the the weeks leading up to Christmas, the Advent candles in some mm-hmm. churches are blue, so mm. uh, and like purples and pinks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like in your realm of like. Christianity as a child but for me it is that no I was hardcore Catholic so oh I was not so like um yeah I don't know I mean I guess traditionally like red and green yeah like I don't want to have blue candy canes and I don't want to have they just don't taste the same you know (laughs) and I don't want to have like yeah you know there's just some things that are like yeah Absolutely. So keeping that in mind then, if I give you a gift in brown paper or beautiful red colored sparkled paper, is that a difference to you? Well, to me personally, no. No. But I think to some people, yes. Yeah. And these are the kinds of things that we're going to be talking about today because, you know, it's decor and we really want to focus on the waste that goes along with Christmas and not to poo-poo on everybody's parade because obviously Christmas looks a certain way to us traditionally. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I love red. Don't look around, Carol, right? Yeah. I love yeah. red. Yeah. Um, but I think that we are coaxed into a lot of commercialism around Christmas and frivolous spending. And a lot of that has to do with decor and what Christmas looks like. True. Yeah. And that feeling, Christmas lights, yeah. Mm-hmm. You only think about your lights. Imagine taking out your um, storage bin, how many Christmas lights you have in there, and now think about all the houses in your community and in your city. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. And then the country. and then, So that's when we talk about waste. It's like people don't really put that all into perspective, right? No, no. absolutely not. Because no. well, you're not... No one's ever really thinking of anyone besides themselves. <laughs> Unfortunately. Like, like, you know, I mean, we, gen- we generalize. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, oh, we totally. generalize. Yeah. Gen- but I mean, like, truthfully, like, mm-hmm. I'm not really totally thinking about, like, the waste that my neighbors are producing so much. No. And, like, I'm not even often thinking of the waste that I'm producing. No. Like, when I desperately need new twinkle lights for a space. Desperately, you know? yes. Yeah. Well, everybody loves the twinkle lights. But, yeah, you're right. You don't think about the packaging that came in and then the waste that mm-hmm. when you dispose of the old lights that you had mm-hmm. or that collect in your storage bin, right? Right. Yeah, you know what? Uh, Christmas, there's all that hustle and bustle and all of that stress that's attached to it. And a lot of it is about the decor and about uh, presenting your presents really nicely or your tree or your home Mm -hmm. or your dining room Mm -hmm. table. I think a lot of that pressure is going to be taken off this year because of COVID and the sustainability around that, right? Do you think, because I feel like, you know, also a lot of extra pressure this year because, you know, I'm going to be home this year. Like, this is the first Christmas I have been... Right, as a flight attendant, yeah. Yeah, I mean, often... X. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, 
whatever often <laughs> the last three years i've been flying on christmas right and so that's really taken a lot of the pressure out of christmas for me because mm-hmm. i'm like on the road somewhere and yeah. there isn't this like mass consumerist day that i need to be stressed about and i uh, i think that this year i i definitely feel like because everyone's so focused on like spending time with family and the importance of that kind of stuff and we've like reshifted the way we think like i definitely feel a lot of stress coming into the holidays but i like for probably no reason but it's just there yeah and i think that that's kind of a tradition i think for a lot of people and that's Mm -hmm. kind of what christmas has been and we're you know we're really focused on uh like we said the sustainability of our lifestyles right now Mm -hmm. and that is definitely our reality not even like Here's a challenge. Don't buy something new in November, for example. That's a fun little hashtag challenge. No, this is the reality of you. Oh, and no, I this right is now. Yeah. yeah, this yeah. is very much like yeah. do I I will honestly say like because I'm going to be home this year, I feel mm-hmm. an extra like yeah. pressure for gift giving in a way that I don't even really like believe in. Like I don't really want gifts from people. What I want is to spend time with people. Yeah. But, like, that doesn't translate to nieces and nephews. Or that doesn't translate to... No, and I think we touched on that last episode Mm -hmm. about trying to give some experiences Mm -hmm. versus gift giving. So I think that it just is, like, for you to step out of your own... Uh, box or your own mind or other people's expectations and just say, no, this is what I am giving. I'm giving you an experience. So niece, right? Expectation, Carol, a lot of it is expectation. So you can say, no, niece, I'm giving you a free movie night with auntie, Mm -hmm. you know, or, but if they're far away, this is what I'm giving you, or this is the kind of thing, right? So we did talk about Uh, less is more in the way gift giving last episode that it's more about that experience and it's not necessarily to give somebody something and this is kind of what we're going to talk about today too is with decor is like it's not about christmas throwing up on your freaking house man like i do not like that i I hate it i like some christmas decorations i'll be honest Mm -hmm. i love christmas lights Mm -hmm. i will just be like i there's no twinkle i do (laughs) And, like, I am someone that has twinkle lights in my room all year round. If they're yes. not Christmas lights, they're other twinkle lights. So, like, that, those are going up. Like, I just don't eat, you know. And I feel like I don't want everyone to think that we're telling you just to have this naked house. No. Because, you know, they're on, like, we talked somewhere in one of the other episodes when I had said that I got my little reusable, like, fake Christmas tree. Right. And I'm darn excited to put that thing up. Right. So... Yeah, and you know, historically, like we talked about tradition, and historically, Christmas has come from um, harvest time and an excessive partying, enjoying of that time. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not even going to bore you. I did some research on some stuff, and I'm looking even at my notes now, and I'm like, it's a lot of information that I'm not sure who's really that interested. I'd love to put some show notes up maybe or something, but... You know, we all heard about St. Nick, and we all heard about Sinterklaas, and we've all heard about, what's that other guy's? I was going to, Krampus. Who's Krampus? You've never heard about Krampus? What's Krampus? So he's like the scary guy for Christmas, like where he's going to come and snatch the bad children. Oh, that's dark. Really? (laughs) You've never heard about Krampus? No. Okay, because I'm a little bit anti-Christmas, so at some point I was looking at the story behind Christmas. So in short, uh, with the 1600s came exploration, Western world settlement, 
Protestant reform and the growth of baby Jesus and Krampus. So when there was a pull away from this is all churchy stuff. Well, back I mean, in like when you really think about like I say this because I yes. like I've said it in this episode. I, I kind of had church upbringing, but right. Christmas in the beginning was really a celebration of Jesus. It's Jesus' yes. birthday. Yes. And so in the year 2020, we obviously don't look at Christmas as Jesus' birthday. A lot of people don't. A lot of people do. Right. But there's a bigger population of people that are kind of into the Santa and not really into so much. Like they're not Christian per se. Right. So St. Nick, it kind of derived from St. Nick and St. Mm-hmm. Nick was a saint in, you know, maybe I should go through some of this stuff. In Turkey time, twenty. 20- 280 AD Turkey, St. Nicholas, he was someone of a Robin Hood. He was a protector of children, whores, and sailors. Sorry, did you say whores? Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, you okay. know, the, the children running the streets, the yeah. children, you know, those kinds of people in that time. We're talking about 280 AD. Oh, okay. So, you know, a couple of years ago. Medieval times. Yes. <laughs> So uh, this will also align with earlier traditions of harvest and celebration during these shorter days and longer partying. Um, but that's a whole different podcast. We'll get into yeah, yeah, yeah. medieval times about that. <laughs> Is there really a Saint Nick? Yes, they say he may be buried buried in Italy. So let's move on to 337 AD. Pope Julius I declared December 25th as the date of birth for Jesus with pre- with a, a pull away from Christianity. Okay, can I, can I just, I, I'm really, well, as you're reading this out loud, I'm just really curious because, you know, like, I know the Jesus story and the birth of Jesus and, like, they go to the bright star and the bright light, with, which is probably the solstice. So why isn't Jesus' birthday on the 21st? On the solstice and not the, like, why is it on the 25th? I went really in there. I'm sorry. I just, like, I'm and you're right. And I will refer you to watch Zeitgeist, the movie. Okay. The first part of Zeitgeist goes into the sun setting and then coming back up. Okay. About the solstice. So, actually, um, St. Nicholas's birthday was celebrated December 6th. I somewhat missed that. December 6th. Okay. Okay. When there was some break, now we're talking about 280 AD, and now we're talking moving into Christianity. I don't know about all those details of religiousness back in those days. Like, that's a fucking long time ago. Mm -hmm. And we all know what religion has done to our world. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to all the religious people that are listening, but you can see the history of war, of genocide. 100%. Yes. You may all have different ideas of where it stems from, but this is where I think it stems from. But... Let's go back to St. Nick. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> it's, I get it. So I... Julius then declared, the first pope, then declared that the date of birth was now 25th versus okay. replacing the old pagan traditions of December 6th. Okay. Right? We carry on. Around the 11th century, embraced by the Dutch as... Sinterklaas and existed and celebrated around 1500. We're still talking about uh, St. Nick at the time, right? So the Dutch, were, I think you mentioned earlier the uh, Dutch Santa, Sinterklaas, that he had blackface, but he's Sinterklaas, right? So I don't think he necessarily had blackface, but he kind of had an ashy look going on about him. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I just, that that obviously... So they pulled that from Turkey. Sinterklaas. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So he might have looked a little bit darker than uh, 
a European at the time, but the Dutch embraced that tradition. And then that came over to uh, the Western world. Now, there was some talk about baby Jesus. And so when there was a reform from the religion that was, I, I might not have all my details. So please, if someone wants to chime in on this, please send us a show note or a message or something. I don't know how that works yet. But what I'm getting at is there was... Um, Baby Jesus looked at versus the other religion of the time. And now they created Krampus as Jesus's sidekick. It's so, really interesting how all of these have um, kind of offshooted because I feel like... That's 15, what it is. 1500. 15, right. Was it 1550? You're right. You're right. Whenever the Reformation yes. happened, yes. In the, when everybody broke away from the Catholic Church. Yes. And then now you have all these denominations of Christianity. Yes. And then, like, around that time, as you, like, in some of these notes, you're seeing, like, different, like, reinventions of like Saint Nick yes. or Santa Claus or mm-hmm. Claus, and like all that seemed to kind of happen around the time of totally. the Reformation. Mm-hmm. So let's move forward with that because you're right, Carol, thanks for bringing me around because you know, sometimes it's such a hard, they're such hard concepts because they're things that we don't really understand. They happened so long ago. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been told different things about history, mm-hmm. but until you actually look and go, what is all of this? Then you start to question something. So let's move forward. Even in 1659, the general court of Massachusetts enacted a law against Christmas because it was a rowdy party and it, it was not the more civilized non-pagan. They weren't accepting of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and then around 1773, Christmas trees and Claus kind of made a way into America. Lights, twinkles coming from the candles in the trees that yep. the Dutch used to put. Yep. Uh, in around 1809, Santa or Claus or whomever he may have been called at the time appears in Knickerbocker's Book of History of New York. Knickerbocker's last name, Book and the hit book is called History of New York. And he mentions about uh, St. Nicholas, about the children and saving the children. But it's a very, it's two sentences. You can look it up if okay. you're interested. Okay. Then, so that was 1809. 1881, the author, last name Nast, N-A-S-T, portrayed a similar Santa as we see today in Harper's Weekly. And shortly after the Salvation Army began to use it with the Kettle Campaign, the Santa, yep, yep, yep. similarly helping, similarly, this Santa, similar to Sinterklaas, and Salvation Army at the time, helping the less fortunate whores <clears throat> mm-hmm. or street people or whomever they may have felt at the time. Yep. That was the Salvation Army's idea, pulling it from St. Nick. Right. Uh, 1881, so by 1848, Queen Victoria's German husband erected a their first Christmas tree in Windsor Castle, out in England, influencing, you know, the, the world on kind of that. Yeah. Um, then, you know, another 30 years later, we finally see Coke's first depiction in 1923, of the unpopular but scary Santa. Their first depiction was quite scary, looking like Saint Nick from the Turkey yeah, yeah, descendant. Yeah. Okay. Not very popular. And uh, then by 1930 and 31, they had a new artist, Sun, Sunbloom, S U N D B L O M. 
and he continued to draw Santa for Coke from 1931 to 1964. And I'll tell you, in 1931, Rockefeller erected the first Times Square tree. So tell me that that does not coincide to commercialism and created the nonsense that we live today with Christmas. Oh, <laughs> it is nonsense. It is. I mean, that's like the full commercial history of how Santa Claus evolved. I mean, I didn't grow up sort of in that like no. in that world, but I mean, I can remember like Coca-Cola Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And I can remember all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's so interesting because you said it and I want to say something about it. And it's probably a little bit off topic, but like, I just think it's so interesting how we evolved of like, you know, this Turkish looking Santa mm-hmm. into it has to be like a white looking Santa for people to accept it. Mm. Anyway, that's a whole other ball game of topics, but I just, but I just like, when you were reading through some of that, mm-hmm. we're like talking about some of that stuff. I was like, wow, like, it's so interesting how we, as this like Caucasian North American culture have like adopted this thing that wasn't even from here and turned it into something completely different from what its first intent was. And I think that that is a normal evolution because you see a lot of things in life that we have taken or cultures have taken, for example, the pierogi. And let's have a whole episode on pierogies. I love pierogies. But when my mind, when I learned what a dumpling was, my mind was blown because not knowing what a dumpling was until I was a grown adult, maybe 18 or 19, like a Mm -hmm. Chinese dumpling. Oh, okay. Then when I learned what a Chinese dumpling was, that it was a freaking fucking Chinese pierogi. <laughs> yeah, that my mind was blown, and I went to that deep internet hole of like, where did pierogies? Well, come I from? do you know it's funny when I lived in. <laughs> we're going way off topic, but when right. I lived in in uh, Shanghai, <laughs> there was just this like utter utter belief by people there that like spaghetti was invented in China, mm-hmm. and I was just like. <laughs> Like, the way, you know, I, like, I actually don't know. I mean, obviously, I assume Italy, but, like, it could have been invented in China. I don't know. Anyway, my point, my point is just, like, how how we adopt things from other cultures and, yes. like, and then like, call them our own. And, like, how, like, Christianity obviously wasn't developed in Canada. And generally, Christmas is a very Christian holiday. And if you live in another country where Christianity is not the religion of choice... Often, which I lived in tons of countries like that, they don't celebrate Christmas. No. You know. And that's the thing is that Christmas looks different no matter where mm-hmm. you are. So mm-hmm. I think that we've gone now full circle and we talked about stress and what Christmas looks like and all of these expectations that what Western Canada or Alberta or Calgary or our lifestyles have made us feel that Christmas should look this way. But, you know, I love like the Filipino culture where they have the star lanterns that are made usually because that was sustainable for them and that was what the economy could provide. Or paper swans on your Christmas tree Mm -hmm. from the Japanese culture. Why not incorporate some of these more sustainable ways to do Christmas? What about, again, 19... Let's talk about 1950s. What about stringing some popcorn and using that for garland on your tree? Oh, I love that with the cranberries. Oh, my God. Didn't even think about cranberries. That would be delicious. Like, you, you like, you know, so many popcorns and then a cranberry? Yeah. Would your cats eat it? I don't have a cat. Would anybody... But cats eat it in general? I wonder. I don't know. 
people do have issues with that on their trees about what their cats will eat and not. Well, get rid of the cat, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much hate. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm just... Uh... Yeah, so, you know, we don't want to take away what people love about Christmas. But what I'd like to talk about a little bit moving forward uh, is how we can maybe think about some sustainability moving forward with our Christmas. I have a few ideas here. So we talked about some DIY. We talked about the popcorn. Uh, We've got, I've made Lucky Stars before out of origami. They're beautiful on a Mm -hmm. garland. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I saw this DIY lamp tree Christmas, lamp shade Christmas tree. Okay. It literally was like, you could DIY this secondhand store. It was like a lampshade and no, a lamp floor standing lamp pole. Okay, like a festivist pole? Just a pole. Yeah. Was that festivist pole from where? Um Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, I was like, where's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just a pole. And then the first lampshade was normal where it was put on, and then this person had sewed lampshades on to each other, like just attached them, and it was like bloop. Oh, that's cool. Have you ever seen when people do, like, they take their books and make the Christmas tree shape yes. and then they put the lights around the books? I love, love it. Too. Love yeah. it. You know, the other day, Kayla and I just decorated my ficus over there. And that's mm-hmm. my Christmas tree. So, mm-hmm. you know, just doing little things like that can make a huge difference. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I also thought about a few things about thinking ahead. You know, um, when you take your Christmas, do you have a Christmas bin decoration? 100%. Yeah stored one bin just one yeah yeah well that's good mm-hmm. keeping yourself contained to one bin i think that we kind of forget when i think of sustainability i think of ease and like because you know what i think we've established that less is more when it comes to sustainable it's like less decorating less because you're using less waste less packaging less plastic like, all of those pieces, like, add together. Someone doesn't even think about when they buy the tinsel, what it's made out of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oil. The uh, plastic attached to it. The, you know, the shopping. The thing. All of the pieces that go along with it, right? So, taking out your Christmas bin decoration, and then do you put everything out? What happens there? For me? Yeah. Well, it depends on the year. Yeah. Um, this year. This year, Probably not. Mm-hmm. So, because in the bin has is stuff from my mom that from when I was a kid, and then there's some stuff I've collected over the years, mm-hmm. and then like last holiday season, I took all my like scent like scented like waxes and oils mm. and candles and stuff, and instead of just like burning them into like January into like February or March, I just put them all in my Christmas bin. Mm-hmm. So then this Christmas, I'm like, oh, I don't actually have to buy candles this year. I just like nice. poked out, pulled yeah. out all the candles that I didn't finish from last year. So, um, no, I don't think it's all gonna go out. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's I'm at a time now where like I don't want to grow beyond one bin, mm-hmm. and so I just need to do a little bit of like yeah. do you actually use these? Yeah, and yeah. I think that that's where I'm kind of getting at is with your sustainability is like space equals energy. To store your stuff, to um, go through it, to now set it out for Christmas. So I challenge you when you take out your Christmas bins this year and do all your decorating to look at those bins that you have left over. What's in them? What is really not, didn't make the cut? Mm-hmm. 
that you don't really like anymore, you've grown out of, or you have no attachment to. And I challenge people to actually donate them this year, like now, and not when you go to put all your stuff away. Well, I mean, it also could be interesting to see, like, maybe I have something in my holiday bin that one of my friends would, like, really yes. love. And that I could, like, donate to a friend or family member. Totally. Uh, and I think to maybe... Uh, we were talking about this outside of this, but I had found... Was I talking to you about the, like, Christmas wreaths made out of the old ornaments? Mm-hmm. I'm like, it could be kind of cool, too, if you have some stuff that maybe you could repurpose into another project. Love it. Uh, yes. And, so, like, I, I really like the idea of um, reusing or repurposing before you just take it to mm-hmm. um, a thrift store because... We can get into this whole other topic another day about where a lot of the stuff from the thrift store goes. We but We're um, making that a topic. Yeah, yeah. But I just think, like, maybe there's other things you could do with that stuff. For sure. And that is part of the whole recycle cycle mm-hmm. is that people think, oh, I'm recycling something. But that reuse piece or that repair or that repurpose is often forgotten about. Um, yeah, but you know, like recycle is like the last of the three You're right. R's, yeah. and so we should really be focusing on the other two first. A hundred percent. And I love like what you said about upcycling something. You've got a wreath, your old wreath. It doesn't make the cut this year. You know what? How about those old ornaments that didn't make the cut this year? You know what? Get out of your creative stump or your stage fright. Get some freaking spray paint. Get some hot glue. Glue them onto the wreath. Mm-hmm. Like, or have some you know, fun. another thing is to, I think, a great thing to do with decor could be like, let's say you have a whole bunch of Christmas bulbs that you're not using mm-hmm. and you're not crafty, mm-hmm. but you know someone that is. Yeah. Like, donate them to someone who's crafty that will mm-hmm. repurpose them into something else. For sure. Because, um, you know, it's not like you're getting money if you're taking them to Value Village or the Salvation Army or no. any of the myriad of places, Goodwill or whatever. No. But, like, your friend might be able... Someone that your friend's with might be able to repurpose that into hint, something. Hint, hint, Carol. Carol is accepting any donations of leftover Christmas oh. uh, things that you do no, not... No, you no, can no, leave no. them on the patio. <laughs> uh, what I was getting at is, though, if you do want to donate your stuff, is that if you donate it now, if you donate it to Goodwill, it's actually going to people, and it's staying within Alberta. I'll tell you that. It's actually in Alberta company it'll stay in the community and people who are in need or crafters can now find that stuff now versus in january when it's useless and all it does is clog up goodwill's resources well i don't like i truthfully don't believe that goodwill is like okay well or goodwill or any of the places they're like oh we have all this christmas stuff we didn't sell this year we're gonna save it for next christmas like they're not doing that they now have to worry about getting rid of it they actually and we'll go into that in another episode but i've looked into it but they have to now like try and sell it to somebody else or they have to you know uh lot sales like to third world countries or to i mean side note if you really want to get like christmas um, decor mm-hmm. shopping after the 25th at a thrift store for Christmas stuff you're mm-hmm. gonna get some banging deals mm-hmm. and if you're someone that like that want, is looking to like get some new strands of lights or get a new like fake tree or any of that kind of stuff like yeah. that's a great place to if you're if you can think that far ahead in, yeah. your, in your world that's a great place to to pick up stuff yeah Another thing I found was if you can avoid all of the glitter and tape and sparkles, all of the stuff that's not recyclable. And I encourage anybody who is listening to look into their local uh, city of Calgary or city of Edmonton or wherever it might be, what actually is recyclable or not. But an easy guideline is glitter is not, tape is not, 
If the plastic is stretchy, you're good. If the plastic is crinkly, no, mm-hmm. it doesn't recycle. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to wrap something, why not wrap it in a scarf that is also part of the gift? Or a ribbon from something else? Or uh, there is a Japanese art of folding fabric. So look in like your bin of tea towels and include that as part of the gift. Or I really like to do a combo. Yeah. Like I love to like wrap in brown or like newsprint. Mm. But then I might put on some like glittery bow. Right. And so I have like. But you probably reuse the bow. You save it. Uh, well, sometimes, yeah. 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 But I just, I like the idea of like, okay, yeah, I put all this like beautiful ribbon on and I've used a recycled paper. Like I just. I love a good juxtaposition. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a, a little bit of a ballet. Like, well, it's like what my aunt sent me. She watched her, or she listened to our first podcast and then she sent me that photo of like, this is what I wrap the gifts in. Mm-hmm. So she had like uh, the corrugated cardboard that's like inside, like to kind of keep things protected. Yeah. And she just like made little tubes of the presents, mm-hmm. right? Little bundles. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways that you can do that. You know, even the Christmas cards, a lot of Christmas cards have the extra glitter and sparkle and plasticky pieces that just don't recycle well. So Mm -hmm. that can also tarnish your whole recycle bag if you now at Christmas time. What I'm getting at is sustainability on Christmas Day. Think about that. Let's Mm -hmm. go to that actual day. Isn't it always chaos in the house? Mm -hmm. There's crap everywhere. So my one idea, when you're first putting out your Christmas stuff, consider that your house is chaos during Christmas time. Maybe put a couple of extra things that aren't Christmassy away. Give -hmm. yourself some space. Mm -hmm. Now make it easy for yourself. Let's talk about sustainable. On Christmas, instead of just ramming all the stuff in the garbage, which I guess is easy, but there's got to be some guilt to that Come on, Carol, it's 2020. Mm -hmm. There's got to be some guilt. Now all of your items don't really have all that extra paper and that packaging just from wrapping it. Right, right, right. That's like one whole garbage bag that usually is in the corner of Christmas room, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why I say try and incorporate maybe some of your wrapping. Different styles of Mm -hmm. wrapping, yeah, to cut down on that waste. Or who doesn't love a good storage box? So now you put your gift in a beautiful storage box for somebody. And now in their space, they can now get organized, Marie Kondo their shit in a beautiful storage box. Mm -hmm. That's a very sustainable way to give a gift. It's true. Yeah. I've definitely reused, like I've had gifts given to me in tins and I've just re Oh, I love the tin. The tins to bring stuff to other people. And then like... Especially within my family, I feel like, and then I've had tins returned to me that yes. I was like, yeah, like, this is great. Yes. Like, you made my favorite baking. And now... <gasps> I was just going to say, it was on the tip of my tongue, a tin of homemade cookies mm-hmm. is like the best gift ever. Mm-hmm. So we would have talked about last week, your time and energy versus a gift. Make some cookies, put it in a secondhand tin that you've cleaned with vinegar in your sink Mm-hmm. package up those cookies and that is the most damn sustainable gift we can tell you to give to someone this year mm-hmm. yeah and it's then it, and they're delicious yeah they're delicious just make sure if your friend's gluten-free or not free or dairy-free that you've considered all those mm-hmm. <laughs> all those ways oh man you know what there's so many ways to think about your footprint and there's ways to think about how you can help the planet and there's ways 
um, to be jolly and merry and enjoy all those things. And really, we don't want to take away from any of that. We just want you to enjoy Christmas and just maybe think about the end. It's true. You know, this year, a lot of people had a lot of time to think about how mm-hmm. they have how they're doing life. Mm-hmm. And we are just encouraging people to think about how they're doing Christmas. Yeah. Well, they think about how they're doing life. Like, yeah. Do you need as many decorations as you have, as you are putting out? Do you need or do you want, like, could you make your life easier mm-hmm. by maybe having a little bit less mm-hmm. or tackling things in a different way? Yeah. And looking at those positive pieces, you know, like not spending as much money and <clears throat> not spending as much energy on that because it doesn't really matter in the long run. We want to look at the experiences and the time that you spend with people. That's really what's most valuable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you can take away all of that extra sparkles and glitter, I think can sometimes really draw attention to what is behind the package. Absolutely. Is what I'm getting at, right? Oh man, we could talk for days. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) And guess what we're going to every Tuesday. Yeah, that's true. Every Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. I think people should be just like drinking their coffee. Join us for sure. We're at Encircle YYC on Instagram. Yeah. We've got some stuff hopefully going to be happening, popping on there. Um, you can find all of our links and... We're going to put a bunch of stuff in the show notes. In the show notes. So yeah. uh, anytime we've said that, there should be a link down there and some link to our socials. And, uh, you know, leave us a comment if you're listening. We like a good... Uh, Love it. Please follow. Yeah. Click the follow link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Save us. Uh, and next week, we are talking food. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. We should have some really good, delicious eats. What are you making me? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but I will make something. Okay. Yeah. I guess all there is to say is... See, see you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday.